Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are merciful to us. Hence, we are witnessing another Ash Wednesday. We pray that your words that will come out of my mouth will be made acceptable to us and will transform us and prepare us for a new life that we glorify your holy name. Thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Today is Ash Wednesday, the first day of Lent. It is so called because of the custom in the early church of sprinkling ashes on the heads of penitent sinners. The text for our meditation is James chapter 4 verse 8 to enhance our understanding of Ash Wednesday. As I earlier said, Ash Wednesday, as the name implies, is noted as a day when Christians, in fact believers, come to humble themselves before God and have the imposition of ash on their forehead. This ash is not just the powder that remains after something is burned. We know that that's how we get the ash. But this ash of today is the one collected from palm leaves burnt. Palm leaves that were brought into the church the previous year's Palm Sunday. These palm leaves are blessed, burnt, and it is the ashes that will be imposed in our foreheads today as a mark of penitence. As a mark of penitence. The word penitence means being sorrowful about your sin. And the example of it is in Luke chapter 18 verse 14. We find there are a story of two men who went into the temple to pray. At the end of their prayer, one came out fulfilled before God. So, I'm sure our desire today is that at the end of this service, all of us will go home fulfilled before God in Jesus' name. Lent is a 40 days devotional preparation for Easter. Based on our Lord's wilderness experience. You can find that in Mark chapter 1 verse 13. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. Being tempted by Satan. He was in the wilderness for 40 days. Being tempted by Satan. As we commemorate this day. 
the wilderness experience of Jesus, we have to note that Jesus fasted to prepare himself for his mission on earth. He did not just fast for fasting's sake. He fasted to prepare himself for his mission on earth. We all know that fasting is abstinence from food. Not only food. From other evil practices that will stain our character. Jesus fasted to prepare for the work he has come into the world to do. What are we fasting to do? Ask yourself the question. I'll ask myself the question. What are we embarking on this fasting to do? Jesus fasted to prepare himself for the work he has to do for us. What are you fasting for? I thank God for the theme of this church for this year. For that has provided us an answer. We are fasting to prepare to do what? To meet our God. We are fasting this year. Even if we have not done that previously. But this year, we all know that we are fasting to prepare to meet our God. Our only problem is, how do we prepare? How do we prepare to meet our God? We know what it means to prepare for an exam. We know what it means to prepare to travel, to, to embark on a journey. We know what it means to prepare even to cook a food. But in this case, what does it mean? How do we prepare? Our text for the meditation of today provides an answer. James chapter 4 verse 8. James chapter 4 verse 8. James chapter 4 verse 8. It reads, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here, James in this epistle, and in particular this verse, provides us three ways of meeting our God. Three ways, three different ways of meeting our God. One is to draw near. The second one is to cleanse our hands. The third one is to purify our hearts. One thing I have to make you to understand here is that whether it is drawing near, cleaning your hands, or purifying your hearts, this, neither of these is to the demonstration, a physical demonstration. That is, it's not to a physical demonstration whereby if you are drawing near, 
it means you want to walk to a distance or to a particular location where you meet your God. No. Or you are using water and homo to wash your hands to be clean. No. Or those of you who smoke to purify your, purify your heart or who drink whiskey or to purify your heart or whatever you take. Because some people when they are annoyed, they say, no, I want to purify my heart. But that is not what James is telling us here as the way of drawing close to our God. No. One, drawing near to God or cleaning our hands or purifying is to a spiritual manifestation through our attitude to God. A spiritual manifestation, not to a physical demonstration. So, by spiritual manifestation, drawing near, the first one, drawing near to God, means to abandon our love for the world. To abandon our friendship for the world. If you go to James chapter 4 verse 4, it is made clear there. James chapter 4 verse 4. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. If you are a friend of of the world, then you cannot meet your God. Because already you have made yourself an enemy of God. So you cannot come to him. And there is something we say in Hebrew. Another bent Because you are close. Closeness. But when you are far away, you cannot benefit. There is no favor. Then, in the second way he has provided for us, Cleansing our hands. Cleansing our hands in the same manner of spiritual manifestation. It's not just taking water, getting no more to wash your hands. At least, a little example I will give. If you have a parent, let me say a father or a mother, and you are coming back from work or from market, and you find your child running towards you to embrace you, and you know, He's just coming out from the gutter or somewhere very dirty. Will you embrace the child? You will stretch your hand to prevent the child from coming to you. So it is to all of us. You are rushing to God. You want to meet your God and you are filled with death or sin. Of course, you cannot meet your God. So this washing of hands is not just to a physical demonstration is to a spiritual manifestation through our attitude to God. And what it means here, cleansing uh, cleansing of our hands is to outward demonstration, not inward demonstration. But um, let me go further to clarify and clear that of Drawing near. Drawing near, I just mentioned only 
uh, abandoning your friendship with the uh, with the world and quoted James four four. There is another one to draw near is also the heart because some of us have rebelled. There are so many ways in which we rebel against God. The heart that has rebelled against God must come back. I'd like someone to read Psalm 78 verse 8. Psalm 78 verse 8. The heart that has rebelled against God must come back to Him. If you rebel, you cannot meet. As their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Thank you. A rebellious nation. So, if you have a rebellious heart against God, of course you cannot meet Him. Then, the next one is the spirit that has been separated from a life of communion. We are about to have our communion this evening. If you have a spirit that has been separated from communion with God, how can you meet him? You can't meet him. And that is what Isaiah is telling us in Isaiah 59 verse 2. Can someone read it for us? Isaiah 59 verse 2. Between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you. That he will not hear. Your iniquities have separated you. From God. How can you meet the person you have been separated from? So all these things are what you. What James is bringing out to us. If you want to meet your God. You must try to amend all these ways. If you want to meet your God, you must have to amend all these so that you can meet him. Then, how can God himself draw near to us? How can God draw near to us? If I'm to answer, I'll say that when all these three points are given, we get it right. God will draw near to us. The first example I gave was that if you are a parent and you are coming back from either work or market and your child so dirty is running up to meet you, will you embrace the child? No. But if the child keeps himself or herself clean and is rushing to you, you will willingly embrace the child. That is what it signifies in this case. If we can cleanse herself of all this that will take us away from God, of course we will be with God to the glory of his name. Then the second way he gave us is the washing of hands, which I jumped earlier into by mistake. The washing of hands is a reference to outward motive. A reference to outward motive and a call to amend our ways 
and reform our actions. A call to amend our ways and reform our actions. I'd like someone to read Job 22 and 30b. Job 22 and 30b. Chapter 22 verse 30b. And it is delivered by the pureness of your hands. Repeat, please. And it is delivered by the pureness of your hands. Yes, you'll be delivered. You'll be delivered by the cleanness of your hands. And in Psalm 24, verse, verse 4 to 5a. 24, Psalm 24, verse 4 to 5a. Yes, 4 and 5a. He that has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You see the reward of the one who keeps himself clean, his sons clean. He will receive the blessings of God. Well, the one of 26, Psalm 26 verse 6, I will mention, is that the one we use when we are preparing the elements for Holy Communion? I wash my hands in innocence that I will be about, oh, oh Lord. So, if you read it, that's what we normally say when we are there and we are preparing the elements for Holy Communion. Then, there is the washing of hands that may surprise you. Some of us here have blood-stained hands, but it's not visible. We can't see. That's why I say spiritual manifestation of our attitude towards God. Spiritual manifestation of our attitude towards God. All these things frustrate our prayers. Can someone read Isaiah chapter 1? Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. And when you spread forth your hands, when you spread forth your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, when you multiply your prayers, I will not hear. I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Your hands are full of blood. Wash Wash you, wash. make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Thank you. Cease to do evil. Put away the evil of your life before my eyes. You see, so we find that we cannot draw near to God. Even our prayers, He will not answer. Some of you will say, How are we having blood in uh, hands? Well, our guest speaker last week, or last two weeks, I have forgotten, mentioned how 70 million children are dying every year. Who are the people responsible for the killing? Who are? Today, here, elsewhere, you may, by advice, have a bloodstained hand. Just you tell somebody, Terminate that pregnancy only by my word. Or by financing such either 
killing or any other way. Or being a representative of the uh, group that carries out such events. So, you find that a lot of us here have blood-stained hands. I don't know what you did. You don't know what I did before coming to this church. But thanks be to God, there's a provision. If you ask for forgiveness, and God is always willing to forgive. But if you pretend, that's why I gave an example of two people who came into the temple to pray. One went home fulfilled before God. But the other one was abandoned. So, it depends on you. Confess your sins. Those things that you think people don't know, God knows it. And that's why your prayers are being frustrated. But confessing them is just, as we said in First John 1, 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So, that is for cleaning of hands. The third way, the third way, and sorry, I want to add this. In Igbo, there is something we say. Mata, so when you wash your hands, you draw near to your Father in heaven, God. That washing your hands, cleaning your hands up, cleaning yourself of all the sins, the ones that are within, the ones that are outside. You don't have to bear iniquity in you. Otherwise, you cannot draw near to God. Then the third, the third, is the third way he has given to us is purifying our hearts. Purifying our hearts. As I said earlier, purifying our hearts doesn't mean like people who say, oh, if I don't smoke, I'm worried. Whenever I'm disturbed, I just go and take a packet of cigarettes. Or I go and sip a shot of brandy or whiskey. That is not the way to prefer with God. And that's not what James is recommending here. What James is recommending, if you are to meet your God, to purify your heart, you have to cleanse yourself, not only from outward, that is, of washing our hands, but also from hidden inward sins that cannot be noticed. There are a lot of things you are hiding in yourself. If you are not seeing anything evil here, nobody knows, but God knows. If you have anything, you may even come to me and smile and greet me, but you have some iniquities in you against me. But God knows it. So, purifying your heart, cleanse your heart of all ill feelings against anybody. You don't need to have ill feelings against anybody if you want to meet your God. Because God is ever ready to forgive. 
The next is that we must humble ourselves and he will give us grace. James chapter 4 verse 6. James chapter 4 verse 6. But he gives more grace. Wherefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. You see, if you are looking for God's grace, you can have to come before him in humility. And that takes us back to the example I gave in Luke 18.14. You know, to be clear, it is the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee came in in an exalted manner, exalting himself. And what we are told is that he who exalts himself will be done what? What will be done to the one who exalts himself? Of course. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. So, the one who humbled himself was exalted. So, what we are being told here is that we have to come to the Lord in humility. Then, what is added here, he said, you double-minded people. Yeah, these double-minded are like people who are not straightforward. Hypocrites. You serve God in the daytime. You serve the devil in the night. This is just a simple interpretation of double-minded. We are here. Ash Wednesday service. After Ash Wednesday service, by 11-12, you are somewhere else. I don't know what you call that. That's being double-minded. And that's why Jesus, in his Statement in Matthew 6, 6.24 said that you cannot serve God and you cannot serve God and mammon. You can call it money. You either serve God or you serve money. But when you are serving the two, you not do justice to either. You see? So, what we are told is that the double-minded tries to love God and the world at the same time. The double-minded tries to love God and the world at the same time. Can he succeed? Can he succeed? You can only either adhere to loving the world or you adhere to loving God and forget about the world. But you cannot combine the two. So, dear brethren, as we join our fellow Christians today in Ash Wednesday service, let us, at least these three things that James is telling us, abandon, one, the love of the world. Abandon the love of the world. You know what it means. I know what it means. Let us re reform our ways of life. Reform our ways of life. It's just like cleansing your hands. 
And then, let us repent from our sin. This is the summary of what James is telling us. Abandon the love of the world. Reform your life. And repent from your sins. No amount of ash that is imposed in your forehead that will deliver you. Except when you have done this thing. Unless you repent and turn to God. If you like, have the whole ash, ashes of today, on your forehead. It will mean nothing. So, to draw close to God, we have to abide by these three things. Only these three will save us and see us through to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone out. Your love is new every morning. And so is your word new every year. Father, we pray that the word, your word that has gone out, may be made manifest in our lives. Transforming us and bringing us closer and closer to you. This we ask to your glory. In Jesus' blessed name. Amen.